This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He's back. Mike McCarthy back with the Dallas Cowboys. We are Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to save money. When you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, or renters, you'll earn a multi-policy discount. Easy to bundle, easy to save. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Let me just clean up a couple of things from moments ago here. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, I, for those who don't know, which is probably a lot of people, I am, I'm not a drinker. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. I'm very much straight edge in terms of that, right? Do whatever you want to do as long as it's legal and you're healthy. I'm not trying to judge. I have judged in my life. I'm not currently trying to judge. I, when we were talking about bungee jumping, I said, is that like freebasing? To which I didn't realize that is doing crack, which I had no idea. Okay? Now, there is a method to the ignorance here. I, what did I mistake it for exactly? So you said freebasing, and somebody didn't pass D.A.R.E. over there because you would know what that is if you completed the D.A.R.E. program. Um, maybe you should retroactively do that. But you meant free soloing, like the alpinists, where you're climbing huge mountains, but you're doing so without um, – uh, what's it called? A belay? You're doing so without someone at the base to catch you. Okay. You're basically sticking the pick in, and you're climbing it all by yourself. So, wait a minute. So <laughs> is there or is there not a rope that's involved when you're climbing the mountain? You have a rope that you're putting into the mountain that's connected to you, but if you've ever rock climbed, there's somebody who's connected to you at the bottom. So if you were to fall, the rope gets tight, and they... They help you out. But that doesn't exist when you're free soloing. Okay. So just to be clear. It's very dangerous. Bungee, so I equated bungee <laughs> I, 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 jumping. I feel like you got to be free basing to decide to do free soloing. Yeah. Yes. I feel like you got to be a little bit off. Yeah. So like you got to be smoking rocks to decide that that's a good way to go. So I compared. Smoking rocks to climb rocks. I'm sorry. I compared just, bungee just, jumping, <laughs> skydiving, and doing crack. I just want to be clear on that. Okay. That's actually one. heroin, but okay. Sorry. All right, McCarthy's My- back, yeah. Okay, no, but there's one other thing to clarify here. Thanks, Nuno. Uh, there's one other thing to clarify here. Uh, Pat Costello, when talking about McCarthy versus uh, Mike Tomlin, said anyone who's in the Hall of Fame is basically equal to each other. Based on that logic, we're saying that Michael Jordan and Mitch Richmond had the same career. Just want to throw that out there. Anyway. No, because the Basketball Hall of Fame is different, and just, they, just they weigh things there. differently. The NFL and Baseball Hall of Fame do not discriminate like the basketball hall of fame does that's fair i just i just think there's a clear difference between mike mccarthy and mike tomlin because one coach clearly does a lot of towel wringing when it comes to being able to get the most out of the talent that he has on a roster on any given year i just don't get that from mike mccarthy i I don't you're gonna get year five from Mike McCarthy. and i've never seen a, a quarterback that mike mccarthy has had trying to push him out the door the way that aaron Rodgers did with mike mccarthy at the end in green bay yeah, but now that we know a little bit more about Aaron Rodgers and, and with the Jets, doesn't that make a little bit more sense? Maybe that's something in Mike McCarthy's favor. And by yeah. the way, a lot of the Mike McCarthy Yeah, I'm not supporters... going to let that part of it get in the way of my narrative that okay, I'm trying okay, to spin. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's exactly. fair. Don't, let the, don't let that get in the way of a good story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a thousand percent. A lot of the Mike McCarthy supporters have said recently, boy, I wish, I wish he fought back against Rodgers because nobody oh. does, right? Nobody actually does that. Now, McCarthy is going to be back in Dallas, year number five. He is 42-25, and 1-3 and three in the playoffs, 36 wins over the course of three years in the regular season. No one on our show, not one person, from the three of us to any guests we have had, has at all questioned Mike McCarthy's ability as a head coach in the regular season of the NFL. He is better than most at the 17 games to get you to the place that matters. 
What has been questioned fairly is once you get to the place that matters, can he get you to the place that really matters? And Jerry Jones made the decision to run it back in year number five with Mike McCarthy. Does that mean they weren't interested in Belichick? Does that mean they couldn't get Belichick? I don't know that we're ever going to know the answers to the question, but I, as somebody that has supported Mike McCarthy, was shocked yesterday when I saw this news. The part that didn't make sense to me in Jerry Jones' explanation of the decision was the conviction and the belief that continuity was what this team needed in order to break through. I'm sorry, if you saw the way that the the last three postseason losses went, I mean, you got embarrassed at home to a Green Bay's Packers team that was the youngest playoff roster since 1974 in a quarterback making his playoff debut in his first year as the starter. That's a problem. You got embarrassed last year in the divisional round by the San Francisco 49ers. You got embarrassed the year before that by the San Francisco 49ers, different quarterback at home in the wild card round. You're not getting the results that you're looking for in the postseason. Now, we know you have the requisite talent to compete for a championship. You won the division this year, and you've had three years in which you've racked up 36 wins. We know you have the talent. That's not the issue. The issue is, do you have a head coach that can be the difference when talent is equal against the better teams that you're going to face in the postseason? Mike McCarthy has answered that question the last three years. It's no. So you have a clear and obvious upgrade in Bill Belichick, somebody that you have more proof of concept with their ability to be able to do that, to elevate players above the X's and O's, to elevate the the talent to be the difference in terms of a game plan or an overall scheme. I, I just I don't understand why you don't make that choice. That just doesn't make sense if winning is the ultimate priority. I wonder how much Dak Prescott and what he wants factored into this decision. Not that Jerry Jones would listen to anybody over what he ultimately desires. But Dak and Mike McCarthy clearly worked really well together this season. We saw a different version of of Dak um, in the regular season, I should say. Mm-hmm. You know that you're running it back with Dak next year. Yeah. Do you really want to disrupt that? Do you want to disrupt that growth and disrupt that chemistry? The overall result, of course, very disappointing. I'm sure they felt embarrassed by what happened to them at home by that Green Bay Packers team. But if you really do think that Dak is the key to you winning it all, do you want to pull the plug on a relationship that has been beneficial to him? I'm so thrilled you brought that up. This is where the double standard, for whatever reason, with McCarthy comes in. Max Crosby says he wants Antonio Pierce back. And we all said, you got to listen to the players. Max Crosby said it. Who's a defensive player, doesn't play quarterback on a losing team with the Raiders, who's gotten multiple coaches fired during his tenure there. So because Max Crosby wants Antonio Pierce back, now by the way, Antonio Pierce should be back because Antonio Pierce is good, having nothing to do with what uh, what Max Crosby says. We all of a sudden want to listen to Max Crosby. Why don't we want to listen to Dak? Dak wants McCarthy back. He made that very clear. If I'm supposed to listen to Max Crosby and a losing Raiders team, well, I'm sure as hell going to listen to Dak Prescott and a winning Cowboys team. For me, I'm not listening to either one of them. I'm making my decision based on do I think this guy is best for the organization. And I've said this once and I'll say it again. Players on losing teams or underachieving teams, what they want is not what the organization should necessarily want. Now, maybe it's coincidental that they do. If Patrick Mahomes tells me I'm out, if Andy Reid is out, different story. 
But if I'm supposed to care what Max Crosby says, I sure as hell am going to actually care what Dak Prescott says. Yeah, but I don't care as much in what he says as what he does. And what he does in the postseason doesn't matter as much. And this is across Mike McCarthy or Jason Garrett. And here's the thing. Dak had a phenomenal year. Not taking anything away from him. The guy was what? Probably the runner-up to the MVP. It was was an MVP-caliber season. But it's not as if we haven't seen Dak Prescott light it up before like this. I mean, Dak Prescott threw for 4,500 yards and 36 touchdowns with led the league. I mean, two years ago, Dak Prescott threw for 4,400 yards and 37 touchdowns. The two years before that, he threw for 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns. Like, we've seen Dak Prescott put together some really good statistical years. But what is that amounted to for Jerry Jones when it comes to the ultimate prize? Not a damn thing. So my question is, what's the value in Dak being statistically better if Dak can't be better in the postseason? That's the part that I want to see more progression with when it comes to the Cowboys. Before I can believe in anything that they're going to do, I've got to see them do it against teams that we know are good. The playoff win that they had a year ago against the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road, I wasn't impressed. Tom Brady was 45 years old, and that was a team that had a losing record. They just happened to be in the NFC South. Congratulations, you beat them. Uh, I mean, it's like walking into a kindergarten class and being proud that you're the tallest person. That you can dunk on somebody. Yeah, like, like, what are we talking about? Like, So I'm not impressed. When it comes to beating teams that are quality opponents, teams that also have championship aspirations, realistic championship aspirations, you come up small. So what about the results for the Dallas Cowboys is going to change in 2024 if you're bringing the band back together that you've had for the last three years when you've come up short in the playoffs? I guess he's really banking on this being the season that those two, with Mike McCarthy calling the plays and helping Dak Prescott along, takes that next step. He's really banking that this is the year where what he's been preaching finally pays dividends. And he better be right, because when you have Bill Belichick out there, whether it's the right or wrong move, that is always going to come back and haunt you. If you stick with Mike McCarthy and the result is the exact same next season, regardless of really what happens with Bill Belichick next year, the fact that that guy was on the market and said he wanted a talented and underachieving team, which is the definition of what you are, and you didn't move mountains to at least try to go get him, that's going to haunt Jerry Jones. Let me tell you something. He he better make sure that he goes further than any coach that gets hired in this cycle. like Because all of the coaches, presumably, that get hired in this cycle were options for Jerry Jones. Because you have the most valuable franchise in the world. Because you have the most visible franchise in the National Football League. No, I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. Mike McCarthy has to go on a deeper playoff run than any of the coaches that are hired during this hiring cycle. That's Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, a lot of them. Because those are coaches, presumably, that Jerry Jones could have made a run at. And those are coaches that a lot of Cowboys fans would have been excited about coming into this franchise if for no other reason it's changing something because what we've been doing just ain't good enough. Well, the most important word for me that you said is presumably, because that's where we differ. I don't believe he ever would have had a shot at Belichick. I just don't believe that Belichick would have gone there. Why? Because of power? I just think it's not a fit. I think in no way, shape, or form is it a fit, and I think Belichick wants to win the way he wants to win, and Jerry Jones wants to win the way he wants to yeah, win. Yeah, but one guy coaches the team, and one guy is the owner. 
Like, there's one guy that's designing the game plan. Jerry Jones ain't telling Dak Prescott, hey, guys, we're breaking down this film, and we're going to get this team with the power row and the play-action pass off of that. I just that ain't what it. Jerry Jones is doing. I know. I don't buy the Belichick would have ever wanted to work for him. Let me ask you, though, I have to ask a technical question to kind of get to the place that I'm curious about here. Is there a way, CC? you know this stuff better than we do, for them to renegotiate with Dak without extending Dak and lower his cap number next year? If they give him more guaranteed up front, can they lower the cap number of 59.4 without giving him an extension? Is that possible? No. Okay. Because no. I, the one thing I wonder— well, it, well, what, But here's the thing. If you're Dak, why would you agree so to it? So here's the yeah. question. Like, is, like, is I got all the leverage. The why dance? would I give you leverage totally. back? Is next year the last dance, though? Are they looking at it and saying, Dak's in his final year, McCarthy's in his final year, like, hey, I'm giving you guys one more shot, and then we're rebuilding this yeah, whole th- thing? Th- yeah, that's fine. But here's the thing. If you don't give Dak Prescott an extension— then that's going to significantly hamper what you can do this offseason from a personnel standpoint. So what you would be doing is hedging against your head coach by letting him be a lame duck, and you're hedging against his quarterback by letting him be a lame duck. Show me the team that's won a Super Bowl when they're hedging against their head coach and their quarterback. I'll wait. No, I I don't have an It doesn't happen. Teams don't let their coach and or quarterback go into a lame duck season. There's a reason for that. Those are the two leadership positions within your franchise. I, I so I, I don't. I, it's untenable. Well, right now it's they un, both it, are lame. It, it, but my yeah. point is, it's untenable not to extend Dak Prescott, which is why I think he's going to be the highest paid player from an average annual value standpoint at some point this offseason. The the Mike McCarthy of it all is what becomes curious because there is precedent. Jerry Jones has done this with head coaches in the past, allowed them to play out the string. But that undermines the authority of the head coach if the players don't think he's going to be around beyond the upcoming season. There are obviously a lot more layers to this, and we want to hear from you guys. Did the Cowboys make the right move in bringing Mike McCarthy back next year? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Plus, can Jerry Jones really say he wants to win at all costs? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He's back. Year number five coming up for Mike McCarthy here on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in to the NBA action tonight as the Timberwolves host the Grizzlies. 
Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Don't bring up the Timberwolves in my pleasance, please. I don't want to hear anything about the Timberwolves. Because? Because of last night and them facing off against Javante Lawrence's Detroit Pistons. I mean, they won the game. But they didn't cover. And Anthony Edwards went under 28.5 points. He scored 27, but they did not cover. Disgusting. (sighs) I'm disgusted. I mean, Chris Finch was disgusted, too, in his team. I'm just saying. I mean, Anthony Edwards had a highlight dunk, though. Really, really impressive. What a surprise. Really, really impressive. <laughs> yeah. He's just awesome. Saying. He's amazing. Um, so, when we look at the Cowboys right now and Jerry Jones, can he say, I want to win at all costs? Is that allowed to come out of his mouth? As For us as sports fans, obviously, as a human, it's allowed to be out of his mouth. But, like, do we look at it and say, mm, I don't know if I could hear that anymore because if, if you could have gotten Belichick and you chose not to, you're not a win at all costs. You're a win at your cost. I don't think he ever says win at all costs. He always says, I want to, I really want to win a Super Bowl. So can he say that? Well, he can really, he, I think he's sincere when he says he really wants to win a Super Bowl, but he's leaving out two words. the caveat. My way. My way. Yeah. I mean, it's that's, that's thing. It's, it, like winning is important, but it's not as important as doing it the way he wants to do it. And it's his toy. Like, he's the one that's a self-made billionaire. He made the investment to buy the Dallas Cowboys in, in the late 80s and turn it into a $10 billion business. He fired Tom Landry, did the tough thing. He bought in Jimmy Johnson and was rewarded for that, and that became a modern-day dynasty. Like, he, he did all of those things. So I could understand why he would absolutely have conviction that doing it his way is going to eventually pan out. But, dog, it's 27 years and counting since you've been to a conference championship. Maybe your instincts ain't as sharp as you thought they were, or maybe as they once were, maybe you need to bring in somebody else that can be a little bit prickly with you and everybody else in the organization, make people uncomfortable so your team can grow. Staying with Mike McCarthy is the comfortable thing to do Mm -hmm. because now everybody can keep the train rolling. Jerry Jones can keep doing his weekly spot on local radio down there in Dallas. Michael Parsons can keep doing his podcast. Dak Prescott can keep talking about Louis Luggage. He can, all of those things can keep pushing. When you bring in somebody else that is a football czar, like Jimmy Johnson, like Bill Parcells, like Bill Belichick would be, all of those things change. But if you're the Cowboys, that's exactly what you need. You need a culture change because it's not the talent. You have the requisite talent. It's about changing the culture and everybody within the building adopting a team first, win now mentality. They don't have that in Dallas, and the reason why they don't have that is because everybody's taking their cues from Jerry. Yeah, when the owner is proven to care about himself above others, why would the team have a team-first mentality? You wouldn't. That's the culture of the organization, and it's led by ownership. Or if it's not led by ownership, it's led by ownership getting out of the way and letting the head coach instill that culture, which Mm -hmm. doesn't happen in Dallas. But I just want to bring up a a counter-thought here. We are operating under the assumption that – even if Jerry Jones thinks Bill Belichick is a better option at head coach for the Dallas Cowboys, that he wants to stay comfortable with Mike McCarthy. What if he doesn't think Bill Belichick is a better coach than Mike McCarthy? Historically, the resumes don't compare. But over the past two seasons, Mike McCarthy has had more success than Bill Belichick. Yes, I know Bill Belichick was picking the groceries, and that was a huge part of why they were not having success in New England. But we're thinking that Bill Belichick is the one that might not want to go there because of Jerry Jones. 
Do we ever consider that maybe Jerry Jones thinks at this point in Bill Belichick's career, he might not be a better option than Mike McCarthy? So let's combine the two thoughts that you both have had, which is, CeCe, you're the Cowboys. You should be able to get anyone, right? Your thought of, he doesn't actually think that Belichick is better than McCarthy. Then why is Jim Harbaugh not the coach? Great counter. Because you can't do better than that guy has done at every level, every chance he's gotten. He has never failed. Legitimately never Never failed. failed. And he's interviewing for NFL head coaching positions. So that would be the counter to the counter is where I would go with Great double counter. (laughs) Okay. Scott in Ohio (laughs) listening on 1410 AM. What's up, Scott? Uh, Steve, excuse me. Steve in Ohio. My bad. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Um, I'm wondering if the... The, the the firing or wanting to be firing of Mike McCarthy is based off of the franchise. I think you guys touched on it a little bit. If next year or the next three years, if Carolina, Arizona, and the Browns, if they all went 12-5 and five and had, I, I believe Dallas in that three-year run had two division titles, we aren't talking about firing those coaches. Correct. I think we're talking about wanting McCarthy go- gone because the Cowboys are such a high-profile team. I mean, th- that's just my opinion. You no, know. I think you're right about that. I think that we all probably would agree with that, is that when you're, you're speaking about championship expectations, when you have the star on the helmet, if Mike McCarthy were to go to the Carolina Panthers today and have the next three years the way that these three years have gone, he'd win coach of the year, at least in one of those years. He would resurrect the franchise. He may not win a Super Bowl, but we would not have the conversation we're having today. I think this is absolutely about the, his place of employment. Which is- well, well, here's the other thing, too. It's also the job that he took over, right? Because it wasn't as if Jason Garrett was some awful coach. They went to the playoffs three years in a five-season span. Mm-hmm. And in each of those years, you're talking about them having double-digit wins and making it to the divisional round, once as the number one seed. So I guess that's the part of it that it doesn't necessarily seem like it's apples to apples when we start bringing in the Carolina Panthers and Arizona Cardinals teams of that ilk because those are the dregs of the NFL right now. Yeah. That, that's not what Mike McCarthy stepped into. Mike McCarthy walked into a situation where he had a quarterback in place, where he had a really good offensive line. You know what I mean? They they have a personnel person in place that can find really good players. That's how you get a Michael Parsons, who's the best defensive player in all of football. Like, So it's not exactly the same, so the expectations aren't going to be the same. Yeah, This is about moving the ball forward and trying to win a championship, and there just seems to be – that glass ceiling when it comes to the divisional round for this team. And I don't know that staying status quo gets you to break through said ceiling. Yeah, it's not D'Amico Ryan's taking over the Houston Texans. No. It's a completely different situation. You're right, and context does matter. But this is why yesterday I posed the question about Kyle Shanahan. If the Packers upset the 49ers, why would we not start giving Kyle Shanahan the same treatment that we're giving Mike McCarthy? It's because when you have that star on your helmet or on your team-issued gear – it, it is a different set of expectations. And the San Francisco 49ers are a team with a ton of talent. They've been good for you know years running now. It's a historical franchise. they got the same amount of Super Bowls as the Cowboys. That's had a lot of success. But why would we not hold Kyle Shanahan to the same standard that we would hold Mike McCarthy if, in fact, the Packers went in there and upset them? Well, this is going to create a whole other coaching carousel conversation, right? Because if McCarthy's staying and we don't know about Sirianni, then where does Belichick go? Where does Harbaugh go? Et cetera, et cetera. We'll continue that conversation coming up. But first, CeCe has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. 
Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, hey. The coaching carousel. You know what? In all honesty, the coaching carousel has not changed at all in the last 24 hours. Yet it feels like it is immensely different than it was 24 hours ago. Because we had pre-fired two people. Right. It's (laughs) unbelievable. When you think about, we sat here as we get ready for all the games this weekend talking about who is the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. They never had an opening and they still don't have an opening. As the news last night, Adam Schefter first reported that Mike McCarthy is going to be back. So that's a great way of saying it, Smalls. We pre-fired Mike McCarthy, as we have done with Nick Sirianni. Doesn't mean we are going to be wrong about Sirianni. We don't know yet. By the time we come in tomorrow, it feels like, based on reporting, that there's going to be an answer on Sirianni. I think, maybe, possibly. Gut feeling this time tomorrow, is Nick Sirianni still the head coach of the Eagles? No, I don't think so. And I know that that might seem harsh because he was in a Super Bowl last year. But after Kimberly A. Martin joined us last hour, she said something that really stuck in my mind. They have issues everywhere. They have they have problems on offense, problems on defense. They didn't seem cohesive. They didn't seem like they had that fight in them that we saw last year for the Super Bowl team. Also, does Nick Sirianni have answers? When Jeffrey Lurie asked him what happened over the past two months, we saw an erosion and a downfall of this team that has to be explained. How do you explain it? And I don't know how he provides ownership with that answer without pointing the finger directly at himself. And when you do that, I don't know how you get out of that. I don't know how you then make the case that you are the person that can turn it around if you were also the person that was the pilot of the plane that went down. Cece, at this time tomorrow, is Sirianni the head coach of the Eagles? No. No. And it's what K. Martin Smalls just said. He has no answers. And that's the quickest way to lose a locker room. And that's the only way that I can explain what happened over the last two months of the season when they lost six of the final seven games and they had an epic thud in the lackluster performance against the Tampa Bay Bucks on Monday night. It just there was there was no adjustment to the adjustments that teams were making in their approach to playing the Philadelphia Eagles. What the Eagles were running week one, they were running in week eighteen. They were running in a wild card game. And that's the part that I think a lot of folks gloss over. You don't just pay a head coach for in-game adjustments, but you pay a head coach for in-season adjustments in terms of the evolution of the scheme, the different wrinkles that you add on. You build onto your base concepts so that you te- keep teams guessing. 
There was no guesswork when you were playing against the Philadelphia Eagles. There was no guesswork by the Tampa Bay Bucks defense in terms of what they were going to do when the Bucks blitzed. Like, uh, like that's the thing. Like, the 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 air of predictability was around this team, and I think that you saw that there was this lack of energy and enthusiasm every time they would go out there. Every time they play, the body language was bad for the team. Troy Aikman pointed it out on the broadcast. That happens because those guys don't feel like their head coach can put them in positions where they can have success. And I think that's the part that it's fair to criticize Nick Sirianni for. And here's the thing. If you've got to go into a pitch meeting with the owner – after having three years being a head coach and you're in the playoffs each of those years and one of those years you're competing in the Super Bowl, that is a problem. So I am going into today with the expectation that Nick Sirianni will be fired. So what's interesting about all of this is we had the conversation a couple of days ago about what happens with the Cowboys and Eagles situation and how much is dependent on what the person did versus who's available to replace them, right? And I think we all sat here and said – replacements are not as relevant in the case of Philadelphia. It was a complete and utter meltdown as this season progressed, and that even if you're not replacing him with a high level like a Belichick or a Vrabel, etc., it may be time for a change. I think there was more of a debate in terms of the Cowboys relative to, are we sure a replacement can get you 12 wins in the regular season and even put you in a position? So we had that conversation. So I don't think that much has changed in that regard when we look at Sirianni. But what has changed is the fact that the Cowboys are no longer an option, for many of these coaches. We know confirmed interviews for Belichick in Atlanta. We know that confirmed interviews for Harbaugh in San and excuse me, the Chargers and Atlanta. If Philly's not open, what's on the Belichick list? Is it just Atlanta? Atlanta? Is it a, an existing team right now? Like I had a conversation with somebody um, who said That's to me, a great question. Yeah, and how surprising is that to you that this guy is available? And not everyone that has a coaching opening is clamoring to go out there and get him. Or maybe he's made it clear that he's not interested in some of these other places, i.e. a Carolina or something like that. Or he knows anyone I call the moment the season is over, I can get on the phone. And even if they are not thinking about an opening, I could create an opening. So maybe Buffalo is not thinking about an opening until Belichick calls. Maybe Tampa is not thinking about an opening until... Belichick calls. And in, I, I'm definitely not saying that Tampa should fire Todd Bowles in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Sean McDermott is interesting. It, it, to me, that's one of those, we may need a new voice, but he should be a head coach somewhere else the next day. Mm-hmm. Todd Bowles, I don't see. I, I don't. I mean, he's completely overachieved with this team in my mind and what he's done. Um, and I think he deserves a ton of credit, probably more than most are giving him. No doubt. But if you look at what the landscape is right now based on confirmed interviews, right now, Harbaugh has two, Belichick has one, Vrabel has none. And I understand all three guys are so good they can be selective. We would have thought all of them would have had all eight. Yes. It's 2-1-0. That's it. Which I believe is the area code for Dallas, is it not, ironically? Um, or am I no, wrong on that? Okay, you're wrong. then I'm wrong again. Yet. But here's 2-1-4. Okay, so 2-1-0. That's it. Three combined interviews between those three guys. 2-1-0 San Antonio, by the way. Yeah. So it's in Texas. you got to give me credit on that. Um that's odd, is it not? It is strange, especially the Belichick of it all. Like, but I guess you have to have a a set situation where it's a championship caliber team where you have conviction that they can get it done. And usually you're not firing those head coaches. So I guess that's why we kind of earmarked the Cowboys 
as a potential landing spot and the Eagles as a potential landing spot. Even Atlanta, it feels like a reach. I just don't see him on the sidelines for the Falcons because they don't have a quarterback that's in place. And if you're that organization, do you really want to go down the road of allowing Bill Belichick to try to develop a young player at that spot, seeing as how the Mac Jones situation ended disastrously? Like, I don't. So I guess, again, it's going to be a very specific situation. I thought the Chargers could have been a possibility, but it doesn't sound like they're interested in interviewing him. So it's curious to see where he lands. And I will say this, Smalls, I still believe that Bill Belichick can coach. Mm -hmm. It would be really, really sad if he gets pushed out of the National Football League because it just doesn't seemingly have a head coaching vacancy that he would be a fit for this hiring cycle. If he doesn't get a job this offseason, it's not going to happen anytime in the foreseeable. So I just think I, I, I don't want to believe that we're living in a world where his coaching career could come to an end after he's made it clear that he wants to continue I, to pursue yeah. opportunities to be a head coach in the NFL. That is not a possibility that I even considered, that he would want to still coach and that there wouldn't be a landing spot for him. If we're playing musical chairs, I don't expect that guy to not have a seat. Yeah, he's going to have a seat. I just think that, Is he? Yes, I would be stunned if he did not, but I tell you what what no, also Hold on, hold on. You're saying you'll be stunned. And I don't want I don't want to I don't want to skip past this. Like I, I could see the Washington commander saying, "Hey, we're building, we're years away. We're going to go with Ben Johnson." We're going to go with the young courts. I can see the Atlanta Falcons saying, you know what? We're going to go with Jim Harbaugh because we're going to try to develop a young quarterback. Yeah. I can see the L.A. Chargers deciding, you know what? We, we like Bill Belichick, but we want to go with an offensive-minded coach. We just came off a defensive-minded coach. We're going to go a different. We're going to go with the up-and-coming coordinator, Bobby Sloan. Like I could see all of these different places saying, we're good on Bill Belichick because he doesn't fit our timeline. But there's a safety school, so to speak. Well, and the moment he says Carolina, Carolina has to hire him. Well, but Canty, this is why I think you're you might be off on there because if I'm Belichick and I look at next year, right? Like playing the hypothetical, McDermott doesn't get fired now, but he gets fired next year, right? Things go sideways with the Dolphins, the Jets, the Giants, uh, Jacksonville. So I think that those jobs, just playing that, like. The Eagles, let's say they keep Sirianni, but so but next year. So I think there's enough enough jobs that can potentially be open next year that are actually better for Belichick. No, 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 no. He would be going into his age seventy three season, and he would have seventy three, and he would have set a year. And he'll be 73 no by the time the 2025 season kicks off. No, he's okay, also so no, no shot. He's also so, we're no shot. so we're age discriminating here? No, but, not, no but, we, we can say we're age discriminating, but I'm just asking, who's, listen, the, who's my, the oldest head coach to the, have ever coached in the NFL? It is the reality is of the situation. It, it feels like it is. I don't know that he actually was. He always looked like he was. Yeah, it's not age discrimination, especially when it comes to a coach of that caliber, but it is the reality of the situation that you could retain a coach like Jim Harbaugh long than you could a coach like Bill Belichick. We just saw Nick Saban say the rigors of coaching was too much for him to continue on with this job. Why would we not think Bill Belichick would feel the same way at some point? So here's my thing all along I've been saying with this, and I will reiterate this. If there is a team that is going into this season that could fire your coach after next season, 
Get him now. And that's why I've continued to say to you, Jacksonville Jaguars, if you yeah. think there's a chance – I'm starting to get angry. If there's a thing you chance <laughs> you, you underachieve and that you would say goodbye to Doug Peterson, put Bill Belichick with Trevor Lawrence and that defense in that division – I yes, I understand how good C.J. Stroud is – right now. Don't pull a Brandon Staley. And Doug Peterson's an excellent coach, don't get me wrong. But, like, this was a disaster this year in Jacksonville. It's inexcusable to not win that division and go to the playoffs, regardless of how banged up Trevor Lawrence was. And he, and he, like Jalen Hurts, plays through injuries as much as anyone. And sometimes that may backfire against them because they're not at full strength. But if any of those teams that Nuno just mentioned, the Giants, he's not going to go to the Jets, but use them as a placeholder, the Jets, the Jaguars, any of those teams that you would look at, Miami, and say one year from now, we may fire our coach if we go 9-8 and eight instead of 10-7. and seven, Wake up and find a way. It's illegal, so I'm suggesting an illegality, to talk to Belichick or his agent right now. Don't wait. This is the greatest coach of all time. And if you're one year away from a termination, make it now. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/network. is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Smalls doesn't get, realize what she just did. You don't get credit for ducking it. Smalls on camera doing this. With my height? Come on. <laughs> we are uh, playing in-studio garbage basketball, to which CC thinks he's freaking Ray Allen, and he's... Uh, well, I know I'm not. I know I'm not. <laughs> he's definitely not. I know I'm not. He's the worst three-pointer shooter in the league. Smalls then dunks it and thinks, no, see, I can do it. Yeah, cool, if you just dunk it into the basket. Don't be mad I made it and you didn't. It's a great point. You sound like a hater right now. That's F. right. You sound like a real not an hater. efficient shot. You know, you you know like what, Jerry Jones? Hater. We're a team. When I score, we all score. Let's all pull the rope the same way. Okay, but we scored two versus three. I mean, Daryl Morey would not like what we're doing here. I'm just saying. Uh, Josh in South Carolina wants to chime in on the Mike McCarthy situation. He's well. There's no situation actually. He's back, which may be this situation now that I think about it. A uh, 98.9. What's up, Josh? 
Uh, good morning. I just wanted to say a quick comment real quick on Jerry Jones. How do we know he didn't put the feelers out and Belichick said no? I mean, is an ego like Jerry Jones going to say, hey, we offered and he turned us down? I don't think that's going to come out. Um, and then on McCarthy, quick uh, Wait, wait, stop, quick there for one, stop, stop there for one second. We're going to let you finish. I just want to put something out there. We don't know okay. that that's, that's true or not true. That could have happened. I also wonder if because it's Belichick, you could actually say to Mike McCarthy, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. You're going to be our head coach unless Bill Belichick wants a job. And if he wants a job then you're not going to be our head coach. I, I wonder at what level of honesty that actually could be displayed. Probably not, but I'm just saying like that if there's anybody, if there is anybody that you could do that about, it is Bill Belichick. But obviously. can you do the job under those circumstances? Knowing that, hey, I'm second place to Bill Belichick? Yeah, I could do that. Like if they said to me, hey, or, or all of us, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. we wanted Stephen A to host the show. He wasn't available, so we got you guys. I can, I'm fine with that. Okay, but- yeah, but there's no commitment to you beyond just doing it for the upcoming year. Right. Well, that's, that's, and that's the other usually part. how coaches, coaches don't operate like that. So it's just like, yeah, I wanted somebody else, couldn't get that somebody else. You'll do for now just because I'm waiting for the next coach to become available. So all of a sudden, you're just something to do while there's nothing to do. Yeah. But the minute I have a chance the following season to get somebody better, I am. Is that going to lead to where Jerry Jones wants to go in a championship? No. Yeah, I was going to say if that hypothetical actually did play out in reality, I would have actually fired him. If you're comfortable with me saying, I think there's a better option, and if he turns me down, you're second place and I'll come back to you, I would have walked right out because I'm not second place to anybody. We want a head coach that has enough confidence in himself to say, I am the only person for this job because you want that culture and that identity to translate to your team that they're the best and that they're going to be able to win a championship. If you are operating under the presumption as the head coach that you're fine being second fiddle, why would you expect your players to think that they should win a championship? It's supposed to be like a marriage, isn't it? Like the I'm head a, coach, you know, like it's just it's like I don't know. agree with that. I just I I'm if it's Belichick, I would be fine. Mike with McCarthy it. has won a Super Bowl. He should he should operate under Bill's the Bills won five more. I understand that, but who had more success this past season, Mike McCarthy or Bill Belichick? Absolutely. Mike McCarthy should have a healthy of enough ego to say I am better right now for this particular job than Bill Belichick. And if you don't think so, I'll find a home elsewhere. Which now I'm, I'm, I'm still not ruling out that he wouldn't do that. By the way, Josh, finish your thought. Did we lose? Oh, we lost Josh. I'm sorry. sorry uh, Tom Josh. in New Orleans uh, watching on ESPNU. What's up, Tom? Uh, hi. Yeah, I just uh, have two, uh, one comment, and then I have a question for you guys. The first comment is I think Jerry Jones is totally justified doing what he did. I think if you're looking for a coach who can't win on the road, a coach who got shellacked by every major team that he played this year, the Bills, the Chiefs, the 49ers, should have lost to the Lions and can't win the big one, he's your guy. <laughs> Um, and then I would just ask you a quick question. And that is, you do it with quarterbacks all the time. Would you guys rank the coaches for me in terms of who you think is in the league right now, where they stand? And, I, and if you do it, and I did it mentally for my own uh, cause, I, I would have McCarthy somewhere down near, near the bottom of the top ten at best. And if you have other choices out there like you've been talking about, somehow I'm not sure Jerry's really – either his loyalty or some other reason, because that's a pretty important position to have on a football team, in my opinion. So I'd just be curious what your views are yeah. on who you'd rather have your 
where they'd be. Yeah, we can Thanks. play this out. Let's do it. So our- I'm still stuck on the Bill Belichick not being your guy if you're trying to win championships now. How, how do we get to no, that? No, he was play? saying McCarthy. Oh, he's saying McCarthy? Yeah, that was McCarthy's resume this year, not Belichick's resume this year. Belichick didn't play the Niners this year. He was saying that all uh, okay. those losses. To, yeah, I think you, you heard it okay. the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was confused. I, I wasn't sure which way he was no, going with no, that No, he was one. saying that. So let, okay. if, we, if we rank coaches based on a 20-game sample size, meaning let's call it 17 in the regular season, three games in the postseason, right? So that's where the McCarthy thing comes in, obviously, of active coaches. Andy Reid's number one, correct? Yes. No, CeCe? Active coaches? Meaning Belichick's not active right now. Andy Reid is number one to me. me okay. Too. I would put right. Andy Reid number one. The question now becomes, is for me, Tomlin, Harbaugh, Kyle Shanahan, Payton. Sean McVay, Sean Payton, if you want to throw him in there, Mike McCarthy, as we mentioned, Dan Campbell has obviously had a heck of a couple of years here. Who's number two? Uh, Sean McDermott, Mike McDaniel. I'm just looking at other coaches. Stefanski obviously did a heck of a job this year. D'Amico Ryans has looked amazing, but it's a small sample size, of course. Mm -hmm. So number two for me, if I had to, would be, I would say, John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, Mike McCarthy, Sean McVay would probably be the three, the four, excuse me, in that spot. Like I would, one of those guys would be my second place in the coaching rankings. Okay. Well, who would you guys go with second place? One of those four as well? Yeah, I'd probably go with Mike T, then John Harbaugh, Same. and then Sean McVay. And then McCarthy? No. 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 I'd, I'd go Sean Payton over Mike McCarthy. Okay, so then McCarthy? Seven or eight? Let me think about it. So let's just do it this way. So then he's right in what he, the caller just said about Mike McCarthy maybe being closer to 10 than he is one. And I think the Cowboys fans believe, right or wrong, that they should have the best coach in the league every single year. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a top 10 coach, which obviously 22 other teams don't, right? So they have a top 10 coach, but maybe not a top 5 coach in the NFL. Okay, that's where the complaint comes in. Because that's simultaneously saying, you can't say McCarthy's bad. You could just say, hey, we're the Cowboys. We should have, it worst case scenario, a top 5 coach in the league. I also think that Cowboys fans think that their job should be the most desirable job out there. That if, it's not, though. But that's what they think, that if you have the opportunity to coach the Dallas Cowboys, you should be licking your chops to take it. And because of ownership, a lot of people might not find it as appealing as I think Cowboys fans perceive it to be. So Yeah, but I guess the whole Belichick thing is what makes it interesting for me. Like That's the, that's the asterisk to it, because even if it's not attractive from being able to have high-end success, he can still accomplish his individual goal, which is – passing Don Shula for the most amount of wins all time. He needs 15 wins. Yeah. I don't have to win a championship to to pass to get 15 wins. But for somebody whose entire culture, the Patriot way, was on one person's individual goals not being more important than the team, how is that going to translate elsewhere if the goal is for him to get the wins? Well, the play, uh... Now, by the way, he's never said that that's the goal. Of course, and the players certainly we don't care. Assume, they want to win games for themselves. Well, it's good for the players. If if, no, if that is his goal, it means they're winning games with him. So it's not like it's a bad thing. Yeah, that's you know? true. I, mean, yeah, I don't get it, yeah. If you're doing it, if you're trying to do it as quickly as possible and it's 15, that's a hell of a season next year, right? Like, this is yeah. not one of these individual goals that hurts the rest. This is and, not an NBA player trying to get a triple-double down 20. Right. Because you've never had a triple-double yeah. before. This means 53 guys and an entire coaching staff are all clicking together to win as many games as possible in as short a period of time as I, possible. I guess my thing with Belichick over McCarthy is I've never seen McCarthy be the difference in a win in terms of a game management standpoint. I've seen that time and time again 
game with Belichick, and that's what it takes to win a championship. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.